As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. This episode has been sponsored by Podcorn. I launched that Total Mom Sense on Mother's Day in 2019, and have been fortunate to have built a loyal following of mom and dad listeners since then. I recently started working with Podcorn, a platform for podcasters of all sizes to browse advertising opportunities, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. I've landed several brand deals through Podcorn and want to pay it forward because that's what moms do. Visit podcorn.com, spelled P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com to sign up and learn more. If you have a child who loves to eat everything, you have it really good, mama. But if you have a picky eater like many of us, this is definitely the episode for you. Each child is different and their tastes vary. So if you have more than one kiddo at home, you are inevitably going to be faced with figuring out what to feed them and make sure that everyone's happy at mealtime, especially you, mom. Today, I have Michelle Piccolo on the show with me. Michelle is a freelance product reviewer who specializes in parenting. Michelle previously worked as a fashion and lifestyle publicist for 13 years, and since having her son, has turned to blogging and running a toddler-focused cooking Instagram called Feeding Our Toddlers. Part of her content chronicles what she feeds her son, and the rest showcases other moms and what they make for their toddlers, along with their feeding tips and challenges when it comes to mealtime. Michelle, welcome to That Soto Mom Sense. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. So first, tell us a little bit about your background. So as you mentioned, I was in the fashion lifestyle PR world for about 13 years. So I had Jack and about three and a half months maternity leave, I went back to work. And this whole time, probably for about four years, I had a regular cooking blog. It was called Feeding in Italian. So I was working PR. I had this regular cooking blog for you know four years or so. I had Jack. I went back to work. Three months or so in, I had to fire our nanny, unfortunately. It was not planned. It was just like an unfortunate incident. And we had to part ways. And I became a stay-at-home mom literally the next day. Very unplanned. So during that time, it was a lot of change for me, and I was not focusing on my cooking blog. Everything was devoted to Jack, and he started eating solids, and that's all I was doing was cooking for him and feeding him, and I would post some Instagram stories about what I was doing, 
you know, what meals I was making and I was getting really good feedback. And I was like, you know what, this makes so much more sense to just focus it on what I feed Jack and stop trying to force the other part of my cooking experience, like trying to make recipes for me and my husband and just really focus it on him. Mm -hmm. And living in Brooklyn, you know, I made a lot of mom friends, like, you know, we're always talking about, you know, what you're making for who and different snacks and different bottles and pacifiers, etc. Why not take, you know, all these amazing women and, you know, their recipes that are working for them and their children and share it with everybody. So make it more of a community because, you know, I'm only one mom and Jack's only one type of eater, but you know, everyone has other experiences and backgrounds and dietary restrictions, etc. that play into what they're feeding their children. So I thought it'd be fun to, to showcase more of that. Absolutely. And as moms, I think it's great to have each other as sounding boards, because um, it's hard when you're just trying to navigate child rearing, especially when it comes to food. Tell us about your motherhood journey. So it started out pretty rough. I'll be, I'll be very honest. Mm -hmm, Um, Please. You know, unfortunately, you know, suffered postpartum depression and it was hard, you know, when I was pregnant, everything was great and happy. And every time I went to my OBGYN and they would do that whole assessment of your depression level, I guess I was always fine. And it literally just hit me like a truck as soon as I gave birth. Like I felt like it was like immediate it wasn't more like I didn't want to be around him. It wasn't that level. It was more of just like, I can't handle this. Like my life changed so drastically. And I was like, I don't know how I can do this. How am I going to be a good mom? Like, I feel like I'm failing. You know, the sleep was very hard. Like my life, I just, I knew it would change because you don't really realize it until you're in it. And it was very hard for, you know, several months, I think until we did sleep training at four months, like I felt a little bit of relief. And I was like, okay, like he's on a schedule now, like he's sleeping, we can do this, you know, I'm, and then I stopped working and I became a stay at home mom. So it was that whole thing again, and just feeling like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing in this world? Like, I need something else that's my own. So it was hard for a while. And I think I really put myself out there to make mom friends. Like I literally was like, who wants to hang out with me? Because Mm -hmm. I needed support. I needed adult interaction. You know, I was at my job for nine years and it was just, everything was very sudden for me. So definitely are a much better place now, but it it was rough. Of course, it still has its moments now. Definitely a lot better. And, you know, it's it's no joke having a kid. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're you know, kind of sharing something so honest and you're preaching to the choir as you say it. Um, It is, it's really freaking hard. And I think what's really remarkable about your journey is that though you were suffering through postpartum, when you and your nanny had to part ways, you, you know, just took the onus on yourself and stepped up and, you know, said, well, I'm going to take care of Jack. And if that means staying at home and being his, you know, sole um, caretaker, I'm going to do it. How did you get through that? When I first had Jack and my husband went back to work, I was like, I need help. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this by myself all day. So I had a very amazing mother in the neighborhood that when her kids were at school, she would help new moms. And so she helped me, you know, like two or three mornings a week, just so I had some time to myself and to, you know, shower and eat a meal. And that definitely helped me because I needed some relief. um, And I was lucky enough to do that. And then it was making mom friends like I would, I researched so many classes and we're in an area, there's so many classes, so many 
you know, music classes and reading time at the library, et cetera. So I really just immersed myself in everything and I just stayed busy. And I'm a person that I'm always need to be like on the go and moving and Mm -hmm. doing things so that we just every day we had a class or went to the library or went to a play space that was in our neighborhood. And I just met a lot of moms and been lucky enough to meet some really amazing women and a really great support system. And that really helped me because if I didn't have that, it would be really challenging for me. Yes, yes. And I I mean, I can completely empathize with you. So more power to you for just doing it. Tell us about what it was like with Jack and getting him to start eating um, and, you know, starting solids. What was that like for you? So um, at Jack's four-month appointment, he had really good head control. And our doctor, she said, hey, if he's interested, just go for it and give him everything. You know, even some of you have some takeout, give him a little bite, just don't give him honey until he's one. And that was basically her only rule. So we started, you know, simple purees, like a little bit of pear and a little bit of avocado or whatever it was. Um, and of course, he loved it. So yeah, four months we started and I did purees for maybe two to three months. You know, I, I wasn't really, I didn't follow the rule of like, oh, only introduce one food for a couple of days and then introduce another type of food. Like I just had fun with it and I got creative. And there was one book that I did reference a little bit. It's called Real Baby Food by Jenna Holwig. So I referenced that gave me some inspiration of like how to get started. And we did use our baby Brezza glass one-step baby food maker so that's what I that's how I started with purees that's what I used then when he was really like six seven months I started just giving him chunks of food and not really doing more of like a harder mash not really pureeing it and just I guess baby led weaning you can say but Mm -hmm. it was really just what I felt he can handle and what he liked and I literally just gave him everything before his six month pediatrician appointment I gave him peanut butter and it was like an hour before and I just gave him a little scoop on my finger and Mm -hmm. went to the doctor you know and it was fine so (laughs) smart started with nuts early started with shrimp early you know shellfish and eggs and got creative and in my Instagram actually I do have a highlight of starting solids Um, So you can see, you know, that journey from purees to just having like just real food, you know, by seven, eight months, he was just eating regular food. Like it wasn't a pouch. It wasn't pureed. It wasn't out of a jar. Like I just, I always just made, you know, different types of recipes for him and just real food, everything that we ate, he ate. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun. And I, And one of my biggest tips is if you're listening to this and you're about to embark on the solids journey, it's just having so much fun with it and just trying everything because now is the time to do it before they turn into a crazy toddler. Jack ate everything and that was the time to do it. And so I feel like that really helped him as an eater now because he had so much exposure to different types of vegetables and ingredients. So that was the time to to have fun and lay the groundwork, I guess you can say. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like I kind of learned the hard way because I had twins and then a year and a half later, um, my third. And with the twins, I, I didn't really do it that way. I waited the six months and I completely agree with you. You can start at four if they are sitting up. It's so funny how they just salivate and watch you eat. <laughs> You're like, okay, you don't have to yep. have just the bottle. Um, you yep. know, have a piece of this. You mentioned a really great point about introducing Jack to peanut butter early. That's really, really smart that you did that. And 
I actually wanted to acknowledge uh, a friend of mine who started a company called Lil Mixins, where yes, it's exactly familiar. that. Yeah, you know, yep, she's um, she's a hey mama as well. So Lil Mixins is powders. There's egg powder, there's peanut powder, and tree nut powder. And if you introduce your child to these powders early on, the likelihood for food allergies significantly decreases. It's amazing how you can literally take this powder, mix it with breast milk if you'd like, or um, formula. And of course, if you see a reaction, you can go to the doctor and, and deal with it. The idea is that you're introducing it in you know a way that's like palatable to them. Then later on, they, they don't have this childhood allergy. And they posted a really smart, I think the other day on Instagram was a graph about how, you know, peanut butter, having it at such a young age, like what it would really do. It might just be a little hives, you know, their throat's not going to close, right? I think that's what people can get scared about, but they're not at that age, aren't going to have that crazy reaction yet. So that's why I did it before a doctor's appointment. Cause I'm like, we're going anyway, at least give it to them. And then if something happens, they can check it out. You know, like Jack, I think he had a little bit of a reaction with eggs, like his, you get a little rash around his mouth and it wasn't anything crazy, but the doctor's like, just keep giving it to him and his body will get used to it. And he is no problem. He eats eggs, no problem now. And I think like a couple months and he never had the reaction again. And actually I want to just mention the code. So it is a, a brand that I um, endorse. So if you want to receive 15% off, you can enter in total mom 15 and um, Lil Mixins is L-I-L-M-I-X-I-N-S. And of course, it'll be in the show notes as well. Back to our chat. What are some of the foods that you fed Jack and what was he like really into? He was into everything, to be honest. The one thing that he did not like for so long and finally ate it the other day, I was so shocked, was sweet potato. Mm. And I feel like other people have said that too. And I don't know what it is about sweet potato. I'm like, it's so delicious. But that was the one like thing that he really wasn't into, but ate it like last yeah. week. And it was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, she's eating. <laughs> Great. Um, yes. You have to keep trying again. Yes. You know, I mean, there was some nutritionists that I heard on a mom brain podcast with um, Daphne Oz and Hilaria Baldwin. Um, and she was saying you should try feeding them the same food 50 times. And eventually the toddler will give in yep. and be like, okay, fine. I'll finish this bowl. So do you have any top tips when it comes to feeding toddlers? So I always will have something that he likes on the plate. So if I want to introduce a new food, like a certain type of fish or potato, whatever it is, I'll make sure I have, you know, carrots or broccoli or pasta, something that I know that he's going to like on the plate. And I'll put something on the fork because I feel like when it's on the fork, he thinks it's fun and it's easier to put in his mouth. And because he wants the fork in his mouth anyway, I'll eat with him. That I feel like has helped a lot actually is eating with him and he really loves when we like my husband and I like sit down with him for breakfast and we're all eating the same thing and I know it's hard to do that because the mornings are crazy and sometimes we can't do it or dinner I'll be honest like we only have dinner together on Sundays like that's been our new thing because mm -hmm. my husband and I like to have a nice dinner together without you know having a two-year-old involved yeah um, but I'll put a little bit of his on my plate so if I'm making him pasta I'll put a little bit on a plate and I'll 
you know, eat with him. But that has really helped as well because I think he feels like he's not alone. He's seeing me eat it and it's just making it more of a fun experience. Like even now I give him a snack after his nap. He's like makes me have a snack with him and he like gets really upset if I don't want to eat a snack with him. And I'm like, and I just put it on a plate. I don't even eat it, but I'm just like, okay, like I'm doing it with you. And that has definitely helped. And then also not forcing and not making mealtime a battle because mealtime should be enjoyable, right? It's a fun, it's like you have a delicious meal in front of you, you're with your your family and it shouldn't be something that is dramatic and tears. And of course, you know, with toddlers, it's going to happen, but I try not to force anything on him, which is very, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a hard thing that I'm still working on, but I, I try to remind myself because you make this food, if they don't want to eat it, you're like, oh, come on, like, just take a bite, just please <laughs> right. take a bite of it. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. And then they're just going to have, you know, a bad experience at the dinner table. And you don't want that to be like how, just you didn't want to set the tone where, you know, when you sit at the table, it's, it's going to be, you know, you have to eat and it's not going to be fun and we're not happy. You want it to be a better experience. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, the way that we grew up, you finish everything that you um, are served and, you know, if you don't want to eat what's served, you don't eat. Right. <laughs> yep. It's hard for us to get back to that because it's something that, you know, many of us lament about about our childhoods. You know, at the end of the day, it's mom or dad who's or whomever who's kind of slaving away, making a hot meal for everybody. And they put a lot of love into it. Just enjoy it. I mean, yeah. the the child needs to see that they respect the person who made the food and they respect the food. I think another thing which has helped make, you know, lunch and dinner better experience is spacing out when we give snacks. Because if they're eating, if they're snacking all morning or all afternoon, like they're not going to be as hungry and it's going to make it even more difficult. So I try to do like a two, two and a half hour gap and then he's hungry and then he's like, okay, like I'll try it. Like I'm going to eat because I'm hungry. And I've, I've even noticed he started preschool three weeks ago and they do, you know, morning snack and it's not, it's not very significant. So when I pick him up for lunch, he literally eats his entire lunch (laughs) because he had a a gap between and he didn't have a crazy snack. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now he's eating, you know, this nice, big, healthy lunch that I made for him instead of snacks all day. And that, you know, that's hard too, if they're used to it, if they're used to like always getting something. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to set it, but once you set the tone and the schedule and the routine, you know, hopefully we'll all fall into place, but yeah, helped. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I am just kind of browsing through your Instagram photos um, and your feed is gorgeous. So (laughs) as you mentioned, it's um, the uh, handle is at feeding our toddlers I want you to share some of these delicious looking recipes with us. So I see a pasta on here. What's a typical kind of pasta that you like feeding um, Jack? So I feed him bonza, the chickpea pasta versus just a regular pasta because at least he's getting the protein in it Mm. and he loves it. So I'll usually make it with, I have um, a turkey veggie sauce recipe on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's loaded with, you know, vegetables and turkey. So I'll use that or um, what he had for lunch today is I'll do um, a pesto sauce that I got Mm -hmm. from Trader Joe's. I do their vegan kale and cashew pesto. 
And when I'm boiling the pasta, I'll add into the same pot some frozen peas and some frozen edamame. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll drain that and then I'll add the pesto, a little olive oil, shave a little Parmesan, some black pepper, and he had two helpings of it. He loved oh it. my goodness. I would have had two helpings of that. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Um, and it's amazing how it's like you have everybody covered because you would happily eat this lunch and so will he. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, it's about, you know, they, they're they toddlers, but they don't have to eat like bland, boring foods because you think it's like kid food. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'm, I want him to enjoy like different, you know, spices and flavors. And my husband's Italian. So we have a lot of, you know, olive oil and Parmesan cheese and, you know, tomato sauce and, you know, all mm-hmm. these things in our kitchen. And it's like, yes, like let's all enjoy it and not make it just butter on your yes. pasta. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you know, their taste buds are kind of developing early on. I remember reading this article about why kids have such a um, oral kind of fixation. They put any kind of toy or really anything in their mouth. It's because the textures and their taste buds, like they're curious. And so they really will just pick up anything and put it in their mouth. So you might as well um, go for it. I see you also have a shrimp pasta. That's like bold. I mean, I haven't had my kids try shrimp yet. How is that? So this is a recipe that was shared um, from a friend of mine, Jackie Hartnett. Um, She's a founder of Extra Floral. It's a florist here in Brooklyn. And she's a very busy mom. And you know, her schedule, she's a florist, so it's it varies. And she makes everything in one pot. So she'll boil the pasta with the peas, like I mentioned, Mm -hmm. add the shrimp in it, you know, do some olive oil, Parmesan cheese, and her kids love it. But you know, she introduced introduced it to them at a younger age where they're, you know, they're used to it. But it's also one of those things where it's like kids love pasta, throw something like shrimp on the plate and see if they'll try it. You know, with Jack, with how we introduced shrimp was we sauteed it with garlic and olive oil and, and we gave it to him. He was seven or eight months when we introduced shrimp and we gave Mm. it to him a lot. You know, we gave it to him, you know, once a week or so for a while just to like get it in the system. But if you're sauteing it in garlic and butter and olive oil, it's like, it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I see you have sandwiches on here. You know, it looks like an elevated, nourishing sandwich. So tell us about that. It's not your typical plain old grilled cheese. Yeah, so I mean, this is really how I approach a lot of my recipes is just taking regular foods and elevating them to make them healthier, tastier. So like how you saw my grilled cheese, instead of, you know, American cheese on white bread, I use a sprouted grain bread. I get it from Trader Joe's, but you can get sprouted grain bread pretty much anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I take roasted broccoli. So I'll, I'll roast a batch of broccoli every week to make throughout different recipes. So I'll chop some of that up. And I use the Trader Joe's kale and cashew vegan pesto. And then I'll do um, Swiss cheese. Um, There's Mm -hmm. not as much sodium in Swiss cheese. So I use that. So between the Swiss cheese, the chopped broccoli, the pesto. Also, um, this week I started sprinkling a little nutritional yeast in Mm -hmm. the grilled cheese just for like some extra vitamins. Um, And then I cook it in ghee. And my little tip with the grilled cheese is because for younger kids to eat a sandwich, like especially like when they're one, it's hard because it's it's thick and they really can't get their teeth, especially if they don't have all their teeth yet to get really get through it. So right. I'll put the 
sandwich in a pan and I'll put another pan over it and then I'll put like my big like ceramic salt container and really like smush it mm-hmm. down and really get it nice and crispy and thin Ooh. and it's delicious. <laughs> oh so my goodness. That's, that's so cool. That's what I'll, that's the grilled cheese that I make. Yeah. It's it. almost like you just, yeah, you like power pack the sandwich and like turn it into a little chip. Yep. And I'll say to him, and this helps too, I think now that he's two is getting him involved. I'll say, Jack, do you want your grilled cheese cut into squares or triangles? And then he'll be like triangles. And I'm like, okay, here you go. And he's like, oh, wow. You know, then it's, mm-hmm. then it, it, he's involved and that also helps with the eating as well. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and now what about like the snacky stuff? I see... There's something that looks like um, Rice Krispie muffins and brownies and cookies. So tell us about all those sweet, delectable delights that you prepare for your kid. When you have a kid, have a big bag of oats in your pantry because I literally use oats for everything. So a lot of my bars or cookies, it's all oat-based. So oats with either oat flour, like I'll grind them in the food processor, or I'll mix it with a whole wheat flour or an almond flour. You know, some of them have like carrot, like I'll grate carrots. So I have a a bar that's carrots and pistachios and oats or, you know, peanut butter, oats and some flaxseed and a little honey and maybe some dark chocolate chips. But really, oats is like, I never realized that I would use them so much. Mm. I and mean, we go through bags of them between like overnight oats and all the, the different bars that you see on my page. And then also I use them for pancakes. Like I mix it with whole wheat flour. I made a batch this morning and it's it's great. So it just, it's really filling and nourishing and it's not, you know, a regular cookie. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the recipes I developed, it was right before Thanksgiving, were these pumpkin oat bars. And it's you know, whole wheat flour, oats, and then all of those Thanksgiving fall flavors. So, you know, cinnamon, pumpkin puree, um, raisins. I try not to add any um, refined like processed sugar. So everything is either sweetened with honey or maple syrup, at least for, you know, the recipes that I make. Um, so this one has honey in it, but if this is, you know, you were giving it to someone under the age of one, you can simply put maple syrup or just omit it. Those came out really great. Another good one is was shared to me by a local photographer, Anna Gambuto. Her nanny actually um, makes these hemp seed cookies. Coconut oil, and you can use whatever nut butter and it's coconut sugar, coconut flour, and then you know, hemp seeds, chia seeds, some dark chocolate. They're delicious, full of nutrients with all the hemp seeds. Mm-hmm. And then my latest recipe was from Jennifer Blossom. She's also a hey mama. She runs Blossoming Mommy and Baby, and they were a spinach banana muffin, which Jack literally devoured the first time I made them. He had like five. Oh, wow. Okay, these are a hit. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, banana, spinach, and then coconut oil, and then cinnamon, almond flour. Um, there's a little bit of brown sugar, but not much. And then oats, again. There's a lot of fun things you can do, really good flavors, but that's going to satisfy a toddler into thinking they're getting, you know, the sweet treat. That's what I try to do is just make these, like, fun cookies or bars, but sneak in all of these good ingredients. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I can't wait to make all this stuff because... Because then I get to enjoy it with my afternoon tea as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think one thing I want to really get into is the fact that when you have toddlers, there's a lot of paraphernalia. 
there's so many like versions of the sippy cup and utensils and plates and the little snack cups and just all of it. And it, it can be really overwhelming for a first time mom. It's just like, you know, which ones work? I know personally, I read all the reviews and I'm like, you know, which ones are like truly leak and spill proof or whatever it is. So you've actually written articles where you've contributed to Business Insider and today.com on these uh, products. So can you tell us firstly about sippy cups. So when, yep. when you should transition your toddler to a sippy cup and which ones you should lo- look into um, for each kind of phase and which ones are the best. Yeah. So sippy cups, I mean, this was a real struggle for me. I think I bought like every single one mm-hmm. um, to really figure out what worked between straw cup, not a straw cup, having some sort of spout, not a spout. I mean, there's like literally everything out there. And what worked the best for us was the Munchkin Miracle 360 cup where you're basically, it's like you're drinking out of a, a regular cup, but it, you know, it has like a, a rim on it so that the kids are learning how to drink from an open cup. I mean, Jack will take mm-hmm. my glass with one hand and just chug a glass of water. Like, because he was doing it for, you know, since he was like one years old. So that I really liked. It, I really helped with us. And that was mm-hmm. the first like cup that I gave, you know, water with that he that he took to. The only thing, the only thing negative about that one is, you know, if you drop it, like some water might come out just because of the, you know, how it's designed. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I agree with you. And I think the cleanup for that, is great too, because see with the straw cups, and there's so many of those, you know, you need a straw cleaner then Mm -hmm. to really get in there. Um, Your bottle brush is not enough. And then I remember reading reviews for some of those like pop-up straw cups where uh, mold can form underneath the tops of them. It's disgusting. And you don't know. And it's like 8,000, four and a half to five star reviews that are like amazing. But then there's a few that are like, okay, I opened it up and I found mold. So yeah, preventing that when you have the Miracle 360 or models like that. Yeah, the straw cup. I mean, Jack, it took him a while because I wanted him to learn how to drink from a straw. You know, they say that's important to be able to doing, you know, open cup and a straw to, you know, master both of them. And it took him a long time. Like I did the whole trick where you, you know, you fill up a straw, you know, you would with the water and then you hold the bottom and you kind of like tap it into their mouth. There's like a whole straw, how to introduce straws to kids trick. And he just like, wasn't going for it. I got all these different kinds and I was driving me a little crazy. And then our friend came over for a play date and Jack literally one day just picked up his cup, his juice cup and just drank out of the straw. Like no problem. Like he's been Mm -hmm. doing it for months. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So that cup I I did use, but I, I mean, I hate the cleaning of the straw thing, but the Philips Advent, my bendy straw cup. So that's what we used for our straw cup because it's really sturdy and it's a short straw. Mm. So it's easier, I think, for them to master it. Yeah. But that's what he first learned on. So I was like, okay, great, like sold. We'll just deal with this. 
but yeah, so that's what he, he used with the straw. And I think that lesson also taught me when it comes to kids, it's like, they're going to do things in their own time. How I can't force it to like, try to drink out of a straw. You know what I mean? Like he literally, I went, I was like, forget it. He'll eventually learn when he's three, like, we'll figure it out. Like whatever. <laughs> I just kind of like blew it off. And then a couple weeks go by and he's just like, okay, I can do this now. So that's a big lesson I learned. It's like, you know what? They're just going to figure it out when they're ready. Um, and now on to your favorite utensils and plates and um, snack cups and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, my favorite fork and spoon set that we've used, you know, since Jack's really been one is by Munchkin. It's their raised toddler fork and spoon. So it's a very simple design. You know, the fork and spoon part is stainless steel, which in the beginning when he was learning how to eat with a fork, like he, you know, he would like jab himself a little bit. At first I was like, oh, is this too like, is this too early or too aggressive for him at this age? Like, should I go to like a rubber spoon? The rubber spoon, he couldn't get any, or the rubber fork, I'm sorry, he couldn't get anything up with the rubber fork. And then he would just get frustrated. So I'm like, you know what? Like, we'll just keep practicing. And pretty soon he mastered it. And what's really great about it is it has this rim around it. So if you were to fling, which he did all the time, fling his fork or spoon off the high chair or drop it or whatever, it wouldn't, the rim protects it from hitting the floor, the part that goes in their mouth. So you're not making as much of a mess and you're not going to the sink like a million times during a meal to rinse fork or spoon off. So I really love it. I mean, it's easy. There's so much out there. I'm like, this one worked for us. You know, he was able to hold it. It's not too small. It's not too long. Like it's a perfect size for his hand. Anyone who has had a baby shower that I've been invited to the last year has gotten this as a gift. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's, it just works. It's great. It's easy. It's simple. So, and then what about plates and snack cups? Do you have favorites for that? Um, so we use and still use, um, easy peasies plate, like the suction plate, um, and then Avanchi's their suction cup bowl. We've used those for a long time. Like that's what he like started solids with and we still use them. I mean, now like Munchkin makes like regular just plates that we now use because he's not in the plate throwing phase anymore. Thank, thankfully. <laughs> uh, so now he, you know, he's, he's fine using just a regular plate, which is great. But those were really helpful for us. And then with snack cups or snack containers, I really like the ones by Lunchbox. They make one, it's a, you know, stainless steel container and has a couple different compartments. So, you know, cause I like to give them a couple things for a snack and it just keeps everything separated. And in one container, you don't need one container for this one container for that. So I really love that one. I still use it. We use it every day. Um, so that's, that's been good. Oh, that's great. We will include all of these product links in the show notes to this podcast episode. So happy shopping mamas for all that stuff. (laughs) Okay. What are your tips for eating out with toddlers? Because that can be very, very messy and maybe even embarrassing. Yeah. And stressful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's not, it's not like a wonderful, relaxing experience. So I'll take him out for lunch with like other parents and other kids, but 
What I've found that has worked, you have to choose your restaurant wisely. You have to do your advanced work, like look at the menu, call, make sure they have high chairs. And so you know what you're walking into. So I know what I'm going to order him in advance. And literally, as soon as we're seated, I'm like, I'm sorry, but can I put the order in now? Mm -hmm. So there's no waiting and you get in as quick as possible. And also just because they say the restaurant's kid friendly and they have high chairs doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have crayons or anything to entertain the kid I've learned that where they're like I'm like oh you don't have any like paper or like anything I'm like (laughs) I just I have stuff in my diaper bag because there's too many times where I've had that happen so I remember you know the places that we go that really does cater to everything that they need that's quick the, the restaurant we go to a lot for lunch is Bear Burger, which mm-hmm. they have a lot of locations. But it's great because I'm not ordering him chicken fingers and french fries because they have a lot of great things on the menu. I order it. It's ready. It comes out very quick. They have crayons. They have paper. It's easy. It's cheap. You know, if you're waiting for the food and they get antsy, just walk around the restaurant. Let them see what's happening, like, by the kitchen. Or if it's nice out, like, walk outside. But And then you can be like, okay, the food's here. Sit down. Eat. Get the check as soon as the food hits the table, pay, and you're done. Right. (laughs) right. (laughs) Exactly. And I always say, um, go with like, you know, reinforcements. So friends and family members and, you know, like whoever, (laughs) grandparents, that way it's like, you know, you're, the kids are outnumbered as far as ratio and you have, you know, that many more adults to help you out with how many of our kids are there. Do you ever give him a tablet at dinner? At dinner? No. Sometimes when we're waiting, if we're out, we're waiting for lunch and he's just like losing his mind. Like I will put something on the phone because it's just, just to have like a few minutes of peace. Like I'm very much like I give, he has screen time and I'm all about balance you know, will hold his iPad when I'm changing his diaper. But you know what? He's not screaming and trying to run off and like hit me in the face. Like he's sitting there, I can change his diaper and in three minutes we're done and the screen is away from his face. Right, exactly. Um, or if I'm trying to get dinner ready. But my rule is at dinner and after dinner, nothing. Cause that's like wind down time. But yeah, I mean, listen, he goes to school now. We have, we go to classes. He has a balance of everything. I don't think doing that every now and then is a big deal. It's like, you gotta do what you have do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So another problem that we're faced with when we're eating out is what to order that's healthy. So do you have any tips on navigating that? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, doing your research before you go out. Like I mentioned, Bear Burger is a place we go to for lunch during the week a lot because they have such a great offering there. They have a sweet potato, wild rice, kale burger. So he gets Mm. that, he gets a side of avocado, he gets a side of sauteed mushrooms and sweet potato fries. You know, if we go somewhere else, not Bear Burger, um, I'm not ordering, really, I'm not ordering off the kids menu because a lot of it's pasta or, which is fine. You know, I will order that too, but you know, it's the chicken fingers and French fries and mozzarella sticks and just stuff that's not as good for them. So I'll look at the sides. So for on the main menu. So if there is a side of avocado or 
you know, a side of, you know, roasted vegetables, or we went to a local Italian restaurant by me, and I got him the pasta with clam sauce. And I just had them instead of using spaghetti, I was like, Oh, can you replace it with penne? So it's easier to eat. But instead of having the pasta with butter, he's having clams and olive oil and garlic and all these delicious flavors. It was from the, you know, the adult side of the menu. That's great. One question that I love, love asking my guests is about their mom sense moment. So tell us about a mom sense moment you had. So I think my mom sense moment, I feel like terrible saying this is when we fired our nanny. Mm. I think it was, it was one of those things where, so I'll tell you the experience I had. There was a couple communication things, but we addressed it. It was not a, a big deal. And then one day she got lost, um, ended up in a different neighborhood. And, you know, I knew she was lost. Like we talked on the phone and then I tried to reach her and, you know, she wasn't answering the phone for like 20, 30 minutes, not returning texts, not answering the phone. Mm. And when, once she answered the phone and met me back at the apartment, you know, I expressed, I was like how upset I was because I'm like, you don't know where you are and you're not answering your phone. And I got a very bad reaction from that from her as soon as she left I was like I'm not going to work tomorrow like I can't like in my gut I feel like I can't do this anymore like this is my son's life is in her hands you know eight nine hours out of the day every day it was one of those things where it's like okay John like we have to literally like I called work the next day we'll figure it out but I need to watch him. I would have the nest up on my computer at work all the time. And so would John. And it's just like, we can't get work done. Can't have this like in our heads and in our hearts all day. And that's what it's going to be. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're trusting someone with your kid and any bad feeling is you got to listen to it and be like, I, you know, I'll stay with him. There is no way I'm going to take a chance. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? It's, it really is. Everything happens for a reason. And I think, you know, like what I just, the whole story I just told about me staying home with Jack, it's just like, there was a reason for it. Now I've made such amazing mom friends like Jack. I have given Jack such what I feel a great enriching experience, like being able to take him to all these different classes and activities and cook for him and just help him grow, you know, being able to do that has been great. And I always wonder, I'm like, what would life be if like that didn't happen? You know, but I'm like, it happened for a reason. I always try to remind myself that like if times are tough or something unfortunate happened, it's like, okay, there is a reason for it and it'll be okay. I try to stand by. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I believe it too. It's now time for mom hall when we share products we love. Um, I know we mentioned a bunch of products that you swear by in the episode, which was awesome. But is there anything else that you want to cover in our mom hall segment? I really, I just tried Glossier's Milky Jelly Cleanser, their face wash. And I love it. I didn't think I would, but I really like it. Like it doesn't leave my skin dry. And I actually feel like my skin is clean, but it doesn't leave like that harsh feeling on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like that. It's just like a nice, easy face wash. Awesome. Very random and unrelated to this conversation. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, I mean, we love that because... 
you know, we're always like looking for products for mom too. It's not just, yeah. you know, baby all you the time. You need something for yourself, even if it's washing your face. Cause sometimes yes. that doesn't even happen. True story. I wanted to share my mom haul. So it's about um, what we've been talking about today uh, because I kind of came across this product on Etsy. Um, it is the Mama's Must Have Restaurant Kit, and it's by a shop called Yeah Baby Goods. Um, and it's such a cute little kit. So it comes in this canvas pouch that's washable, but it's essentially a um, placemat that's silicone and these little kitchen shears. What's great is when you're on the go and you have a toddler um, and you have to cut up um, his or her food, whether it's, you know, like fruit or pizza or bread or whatever, sometimes you just, you need some kitchen shears. So it's just, it's easy to have that on the go and you can, you know, cut out funky shapes uh, if you want. Um, Okay. So lastly, where can my listeners find you? So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is feeding our toddlers. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. This was such a fun, delicious little conversation that we had. Yeah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I hope you had fun listening to my chat with Michelle and I hope you feel inspired to get in the kitchen, get your hands dirty and cook up a storm for your kids and for your family. It's definitely fun to experiment with new foods and, you know, come up with your own healthy take on foods that you want your kid to love. Michelle's recipes are great. They're in the show notes and you can find that on my website. That's totalmomsense.com. And follow me on Instagram, of course, where I update all of you on my upcoming episodes and have cute overviews on all of my guests. And that handle is at KanikaXOXO. And with that, I am out. And as I always say, remember, trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. Bye. That's total mom sense.